The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the Power Cap Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the Power Cap Podcast. And now, let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Podcast. Absolutely nothing happening. Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, and Zach Carlson. Riley, how many stories has Go Power Cat put up between uh, this morning and the recording of this? On I believe eight. Um, yeah. I'm kind of trying to total it up. You, you moved a little bit eight fast for me there. I'm just saying. Alex Delton, the latest breaking news, is transferring not to UTEP but to TCU. Big 12 school came a call and said, hey, young man, slow down. Why don't you come visit Fort Worth and what we have here? And he liked it. I think it was the showgirls that sold him. <sighs> yeah. Uh, look, I think that's a great opportunity for him. Plays for another uh, Hall of Fame type coach. Has a real chance to start at a Big 12 institution. I'm happy for Alex. Does that coach have a statue? Not yet. No, he does. He, he does? does? Have a statue. Yeah. yeah Gary Patterson has a statue? Trust yeah. me. We'll get into it in the overtime. Oh, interesting. We're okay. getting into it in the overtime. We are brought to you by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and our fr- friends at the Fridge are located at the corner of Claflin and Westport Avenue. No, I had you're it. so close. <laughs> you were so close. Folks, this is not a skit. This I re- literally cannot get this right. There's no avenue. I'm just going to stop it's you there. Claflin Avenue. No, it's Claflin Road. It's Claflin Road? I think it's Road. <laughs> it's Claflin Road and Westport Drive. My God, how many podcasts have we done? How many podcasts have we done? <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> It's just Claflin and Westport. Just go there. Oh, it's a difference between an avenue, road, a boulevard. A, a boulevard is a beer, sir. Okay. <laughs> that you can get at a the street. Fridge. Yes. Get in there and get some boulevard beer. Man. I wonder if, uh, you know, in retail, January is a slow time of year. I wonder if uh, alcohol sales to stay steady all through January. Because people need their booze, whether it's the holidays or not. Yeah, I I think they do. Kevin's no dummy. He's got the business that people have demand year-round. And then demand, you know, peaks for things like New Year's Eve and... Extra. Honestly, it's like... Fake Paddy's Day. There's needs and wants in business. And he has a need that he sells to people. So, it's a pretty good business. Does it want to? Does they need and want it? I mean... Do they need it? I think they want it. I, they I think need it. I think they want it, and if they need it, they probably should go to counseling. Fair, right? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Get into the fridge. You want it. We know you. You want it bad. The fridge, great people. Uh, the segment is sponsored by Tanners. I'm going to be making appearances at Tanners. Uh, if you would like to stop through and get an autograph, a hug, a uh, high five. A low five, but not too low because I'm fat. Uh, or a. Because uh, you're too slow? <laughs> <laughs> I really am. Uh, or what else we got? Ooh. Fist bump. Fist bump. Well, I'll be giving those out when I'm there, and when I'm there is a secret. About a chest bump. 
Not on two chest bumps because I can't get there before my belly hits. <laughs> it's a real well, problem. Fair enough. It's a real problem, man. What if the other person is athletic enough to get around? Like they have to tilt? Yeah. Like jump and tilt? Yeah. We might end up with a headbutt. But it's worth a shot. As long as I don't have to work at it, I'll give it a shot. Okay. As long as it doesn't make me Jim Beheim. It's possible at any moment when you got prostate cancer. At any moment, just the host could just go go loose and just start spraying everywhere. You just never know. Too much information. I mean, probably for the first half. Uh, but anyhow, get into Tanner's. I think I might. I'm going to maybe try to get down there Sunday for the Chiefs. Good luck. You going to go at noon? I know people. Oh, You're not going to have a table saved. I'll make them save a table, or I'll say bad things about them. Tanners, they don't treat me like I'm special. Okay. They'll, they'll take care of me. We're uh, going to record the drive early on a Sunday, so. So you can watch a football I can game? Go watch my chefs. Yep. Yeah, very good. Uh, it's been a long day. Yeah, we were in here early. We're here late. Up at six thirty. So let's get it going here with our questions from Wabash Station. Now this is how it works, folks. The podcast is free. Eventually, we're going to figure out how to put a segment or one day a week, like shorter podcasts behind the paywall, where we talk about other stuff. But we talk about topics that we're willing to talk about in public. We don't get into recruiting. We don't get into any of that. But if you want to ask questions on the podcast. If you want to be part of the discussion, you have to be a member at GoPowerCat.com and be on Wabash Station, our premium message board. So if you're into that, join. It's worth it. You're going to love a subscription. And I'm telling you, there's something coming up later this month. Here we go. Zach Carlson, our MC. From Purple Powerhouse, Barry Brown has been great the last two games, and I do like him, but is there any reason to believe he can maintain this high level of play? It seems to me the only thing that's consistent under Bruce Weber is the consistent inconsistency. That's so true. That's a good hey, point. We had this discussion the other day. Uh, D wrote that story, and I'll, I'll be really honest here. The story's a little bit deceiving. Uh, he's in uh, a category now with Jacob Poland and Steve Henson and certain statistical categories that included the three point line. Uh, so that, that eliminates the Mike Evans and all those guys. Cause they're not in that category, but still ask yourself this question. Would you in your mind put Barry Brown in a group of three with Steve Henson and Jacob Pullen? Most people would say no, but now that he's hitting these game winning shots, they're very Pullen like, now, Henson would hit a game-winning shot for about 30 feet, but um, that's how you make yourself remembered. Meaningful, big plays. And that kind of erases the, the times you dribble the ball for 25 seconds of a 30-second shot clock. The time you didn't pass it to Dean Wade and hit a, tried a, a fadeaway 30-foot three-point shot. Horrendous decision by Barry. But he came back and made some plays. He he really is something else. I think he can score at that at that rate. I mean, someone's gonna have to score the points. They're not gonna score only forty points every game, and everybody scores you know eight or nine points. Um, I don't. He's not gonna be playing at Big Twelve Player of the Week standards every single game, just because that goes for any basketball player really right now, and especially a K State team like the 
like the uh, poster noted that is incredible that is consistently inconsistent you know um and i think that barry brown is kind of an example of that he played pretty well all non-conference they struggled against texas and then he fell off the map and had a horrible performance at texas tech so you know, I don't mean to be pessimistic by any means. I mean, what a week by Barry, honestly. I mean, 50-whatever uh, points, 59, I think, and uh, two-game winners is incredible, and I think that shows he's taken on that leadership role that that we were asking somebody to take on. You know, we've been asking for, for somebody to step up and be that leader, and it looks like Barry Brown's become that guy, but um, he, he did have a, a rough week before, so... You know, this is it's like I've been telling a lot of people. It's it's been a great week for K State and certainly one that saved the season. Um and definitely saved Barry Brown's senior season and, and made it probably uh probably more special than it was going to be as it played out. But uh it can easily regress back to mediocre uh tomorrow night or tonight, whenever you're listening to this podcast, um at Oklahoma. So it's gonna require him to bring it tooth and nails every single game oklahoma tcu texas tech next three games he's going to have to be good very they want to come out of this above water they're two and two in the conference now man if they come out of this three game stretch at four and three they're set up they really are um but i don't see that happening also from purple powerhouse do we need to put out an amber alert for austin trice (laughs) i think he's too old for an amber alert I think what? I think he's too old for an Amber Alert. Those have ages on them. Yeah, they're yeah. For, they're for children. Oh, I thought Amber Alert was just like a person missing. No, there was a girl once named Amber. Right, I knew that. I just I didn't know it was restricted to children. Anyways, um, <laughs> no, I we know where he's at. He's on the bench. <laughs> Thank you, Fitz. Is he ever going to see the court while really? he has two Dynamite. eyes in the eyes of Bill Snyder? <laughs> Dynamite drop in. Um, look, I get it. It's not the same type of basketball from junior college to Division One, by any means. It's not the same, and and the Big Twelve is, you know, the best conference in Division One basketball. Maybe not this year in terms of the top teams, but certainly on a consistent basis, it is the best conference. But at the same time, you didn't recruit Austin Trice out of junior college to take a really long transition period. His transition period is game one to game 12, those non-conference games. He should be good to go by Big 12 play. I mean, that's where you needed him most. That's why you recruited him. You didn't recruit him to come in and sit on the bench. So while I understand Bruce Weber's angle when he told us, you know, he doesn't play as well with the speedy lineups out there, the athletic guys. He's more of a, a player you put in the lineup when it's big, uh, bulky guys down low that, that fight. I get it. I understand what Bruce Weber's getting at there, and I don't think he's totally wrong. But if you're recruiting a Division One basketball player at the Power 5 level, it shouldn't matter who he's playing. If he's good enough to be recruited, he should be on the floor, especially when you're getting – it'd be one thing if they were getting consistent play out of their bigs. you know. But Dean Wade's been out. McCall Moeen has either been fantastic or awful – and Levi Stockard looks just, I don't know what to say about him. Looks at like times. Levi Stockard. Yeah. Uh, you haven't seen a single K State big step up on a consistent basis. That's why I don't understand why Austin Trice can come in on certain games, get 12 rebounds, and make a huge impact. And then the very next game, he, he plays maybe two minutes. Uh, my question is this Was he faster in junior college? Did he shoot free throws better in junior college? Was he more nimble in junior college? You scouted this guy. 
you put a lot of eggs in the basket of getting him. You got him, and now you don't like him. It makes no sense to me. This is the player you recruited. Why did you recruit him if, I mean, seriously, you should have been able to tell he was deficient in so many areas that you wanted. I don't get it. I absolutely don't get it. And I don't think he's as bad as, he must not be practicing well. He must be something else going on here because I, I think he brings something to the court, honestly, that Levi Stocker doesn't do. Just doesn't do. Something. Something tells me he kind of goofs off a little bit too he much seems like that. and doesn't take it serious enough. That's probably why I like him. Yeah. From Limestone Silo, Mike McGurl, is there something there that will be highly productive the next two years, no. or is he simply a guy that will be hot every once in a while? I don't know. I, I don't that's know. where I'm at. I don't know. Look, I, I think he's got the talent to be somebody that can score, but he's not. He's not Barry Brown as a sophomore, as a freshman, you know. This guy that could score at times, but he wasn't doing it. You know, Mike McGurl's just never going to get to that point. And if I'm going to be honest. If he if he gets to the point where he has to be the guy, I think K-State's in a lot of trouble. Um, this was not a – he wasn't a highly rated recruit out of high school. And I know that not everybody's a highly rated recruit. Some people live over their expectations. Um, but I think at the end of the day – Mike McGurl is a guy that's seventh, eighth man, um, and he and that's I think that's a perfect role for him because he's shown he can't do it on a consistent basis, but he's shown he can come in at times and and contribute really well and be really strong uh, for this team. So I just I think you're putting a little bit too much on his plate to require that of him. I just don't think he's capable of that. Um, you know, now he's going to go prove me wrong and score 15 points in four straight games. But I, I just think there's a reason they've recruited other players. There's a reason they're continuing to recruit his position in hopes of, of someone coming in and taking over for Kamau and Barry um, in the future. Because I, I don't think Mike McGraw may be a answer, but I don't think he's the answer. From Adam K 63 does Levi Stockard seem lost while he's out on the court? <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't think I've ever seen somebody play as calm. I guess I want to use the word calm. Does that make sense there? Just overly relaxed. Just, yeah, just like casual. He's just yeah. casual out there. It doesn't seem like there's any urgency to anything. And and I don't get that because he was the he's the prize of the 2017 class. I mean, honestly, um, he's supposed to be, he was, he was really dominant out of St. Louis. He was that guy. And, and I don't think it's a recruiting miss by this staff by any means. I just don't know what the deal is with him. Um, and I'll go back to Austin Trice. I, I don't understand. It has to go back to practice. It has to, because there's no way that you can make a case that Levi Stockard has played well enough in the games to play significant minutes in big 12 play, but Austin Trice has not. The two have been equal, if not Austin Trice has been better. So I don't understand where that's coming from. I don't understand why Levi Stocker is getting so many minutes. Um, and and like I said, he hasn't earned them in my opinion. He hasn't done enough. Uh, and I guess that bothers me because if you're at the Big 12 level, why are you not playing at that, that uh, urgency, that tenacity that you want to see out of your players? God, Bruce Weber would be – a kick-ass recruiter and coach in a six-foot-five-and-under league. Yeah. 
Do they have that anywhere for college basketball? They got a six foot and under league at the rec. Yeah, he, yeah, that's a little bit too small for him. From Files, before the Iowa State game, we had abysmal starts in several consecutive games. Coincidence or a worrisome trend? Hmm. I, I want to say worrisome trend, but we just talked about how they're consistently inconsistent. I wrote a story about how they've been terrible out of the gates, and then they go and do that at Iowa State. I, I can't peg this team. Uh, I think that sounds like a coincidence. I, guys, I, I've, I've said this over and over. For whatever reason in Big 12 play, Bruce Weber's team finds average. They always have. They You set aside the first season with you know, the players he inherited, and he did a great job with them. But they had this toughness and ability to string things together that Bruce hasn't been able to put into his own players as much. This program has been very average in conference play. And they just they go two below, they win two games. I, I don't know. I just have a feeling in four more games, they're going to be four and four. They're going to find the middle. That's just the damnedest thing I've ever seen. We talk about being consistently inconsistent, and that's what they are. They, they're they so wildly inconsistent in their effort and performances. Every team has ups and downs. I mean, every team has moments where they're good and bad. But they're awful to outstanding. And, and yet it all kind of evens out at the end. They're just kind of there in the middle of the conference, just good enough to be in the tournament or on the bubble. And they get in or didn't. And last year they made the run that, you know, we all now are, like, really confused by after seeing what they've been doing this season. I don't get it. I think you'd have to probably lean more towards this is the type of team they are. They're going to be slow out of the gates because it's happened more than once. It's happened consistently, you know. I can understand if you looked at the Texas game and you're like, oh, man, 22 points. That's not very good on your home floor. Or he looked at the the one West Virginia game. He said, "Oh my goodness, what a what a terrible start to to a game." But but look, they snapped out of it. And you look at a game by game basis, you say, "Oh, maybe it's just a a coincidence." But this was three straight games where they did that. They didn't hit field goals. They didn't score thirty points in the first half of three straight games. And then they go one game where they scored uh, what was it thirty two or thirty seven at Iowa State. I think you have to say it's it's kind of what this team is until they go out and prove us wrong. If they go to Oklahoma on Wednesday and they come out of the gates and they score 35, 40 points, and then they back it up with another solid first half against TCU, fine. They've snapped out of that funk. It was a weird coincidence. But until they do it, I think you've got to say this team's just not very good out of the gate. Exactly. From old fella, is our basketball program's rash of foot injuries unique to K-State, or do you believe there's an underlying cause that should be investigated? I mean, we've kind of discussed this. You know, I'm not sure other programs are having this level, but K-State, it's. I'm sorry. There's something going on. I don't know what it is. I refuse to believe. It's not like they have kangaroo shoes on. I mean, you know, they're wearing Nikes, and they all wear different shoes. So you know, you can't point to that. There's something going on. One of the courts is causing this, and I'm going to die on that hill. Now. And talking to people, they think it might be the Bramlage court uh, because it's, you know, it's a piecemeal court you put together. And so you hit uneven parts of the court. I don't know. 
They need to figure it out, but they don't want to discuss it because it'll kill recruiting. That's what I was going to say, yeah. They don't want to discuss it because there could be lawsuits involved. So, But I hope they get to the bottom of this and just quietly replace a court if that if they come to believe it. Yeah, I mean, it, we can, we and I know a lot of our subscribers have asked us, you know, to look into the situation, investigate how the practice courts, how the how Bramwich is built, and and it's something I'd love to dig into. But here's the the problem is, you know, we've asked Bruce about it before, and you know, he's kind of shot it down, said it's merely coincidence. Like Fitz said, you're not going to get anybody to say that Bramwich is unsafe for feet, and if if we go to the company that built the practice facility floor. What are they going to do? Trash their own brand, yeah. their own reputation? Nobody's going to admit it. So it, it's a story that, yeah, I think there's something there, but you're never going to get anybody on the record. So at the end of the day, it's just going to be speculation as to what could be causing it. And and I don't really know if that's maybe the smartest way to go about I'm it. I'm pretty sure they're not recruiting kids with bad feet. If they are, something needs to change. How's your feet? Crappy? Sign here. From I Like Pickles Cat, did you notice the improvements in the exact areas mentioned last week in the basketball segment? I mean, yeah. they. I, I can't remember everything we yeah. talked about to the to the uh, team. We talked about coming out be more. Sure, Pickles said, be sure to really rip three-point shooting. This team has a propensity to make Fitz look bad. <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs> well, you know, Barry mentioned it um, in the post-game or post-game radio interview that I listened to and Use the hell out of for writing. Uh, that uh, having Dean Wade out there just gives them cleaner looks. They can't. They got to worry about him, and he changed everything. He, he he passes the ball well. He, but the defense has to adjust to having Dean. And I agree. It it looked like they were getting cleaner looks. Now they came back in the second half and weren't as good. But um, you know, I don't, there's something to that. But yeah, exactly. That. But this team's going to do that. This team's going to hop up there every sixth, eighth game and shoot the lights out from three and then think they can do that every game and chuck up 24 and hit four, six. I don't know. Last question of the first half from Canelio. The Bruce Weber roller coaster once again trends upward after nearly going into a downward spiral. This is the norm for K-State men's basketball, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's going to be. All right. I hate to be to come off as negative because I don't mean it to be a negative comment, but it, it this is year seven, and like Fitz noted, outside of the very first year, this is what it's always been. This, have they have they had a year that wasn't eight and ten or ten and eight? I can't. I well, should have gotten the numbers in front of me. Yeah, but the Foster year was pretty bad. Oh yeah, five and thirteen. Yeah, <laughs> but. It, when you do that that consistently, see, that you, evened out with the the, the first Big twelve year. title year. Yeah, you are what you are. Okay, numbers speak for themselves, and I understand it's incredibly difficult to play in this conference. It really is, unless you have a Kansas, unless you have a coach like Chris Beard who can just recruit the hell out of thing, out of things it, to it, Lubbock. It's it's about evaluating. He yeah. goes out and gets kids that others think are good, but he sees they're great, mm-hmm. and it's been amazing. Keep in mind, they're playing without their top recruit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the scary part. <laughs> th- this was a rebuilding year, and they're playing without their top guy that came in to help the rebuild, and they're doing this. Uh, uh, now, let's be honest here. This is the payoff year. I mean, they had a great run in the NCAA tournament last year. Three seniors, all of note, all 
wrecking the record books at Kansas State. And I'm going to give you that Dean Wade's been injured. Okay. But a lot of dudes are injured in this conference. There's a lot of teams going through this, including Kansas, who lost a guy around which their entire offensive game plan was built. Our defensive game plan was built. Baylor lost their top scorer. I, there's a lot of injured guys in this conference. Now that they have Dean back, as long as he doesn't re-injure this thing, I want to see a payoff here. I want to see that they really accomplish something and get this done um, at a level that feels like a payoff. I And I'm not feeling that they're going to come anywhere. They're going to be around 8 and 10, 10 and 8. Just as you said, at the end of the year, they're going to be on the bubble. We're barely in, 8-19, and, and it's frustrating. And then next year is going to be a really painful rebuild. Really painful rebuild. Going to kind of hit the starting over button with, you know, a bunch of guys that are are good. Xavier Steed, though, I don't think is a star that can carry a team. At least maybe he'll turn Assuming it. he's here. Assuming He's here. I'll tell you this. We'll be here right after we take a little break here on the Powercat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. The Powercat Podcast continues shortly. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. We now return to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Oh, man, this has been a long day. It's been a great day. We were in here at 10, just cranking, just doing stuff. We did a little shopping for the new studio. I'm so excited about the new studio. We ate some mac and cheese pizza. Oh, sorry, you were talking about more important uh, things. Mac and cheese pizza, so good. Um, yeah, we're going to build our studio. We're, we're going to be incredibly efficient with our space. About time. <laughs> Three studios, well, four studios in one. Yeah, yeah really. It, we essentially have that. This is the Powercat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the staff at GoPowerCat.com. We do this every week. We're going to have more podcasts in the future as we plan some different things for our subscribers in K-State Nation. Is it called K-State Nation, or just say that? I mean, honestly, like, there's a million pages out there that with, with those kind of names. Wildcat Nation, K-State Family. We, don't, we clearly, though, aren't K-State Kingdom. I mean, that's the Chiefs' kingdom was Mitch Holtis' thing. 
Henning. Did he start that? Mm-hmm. It's time to put the hammer down. I love Mitch, but don't start me on that one. <laughs> Touchdown, Kansas City. Don't, don't start me. There's a shirt that says Kan-za-z-u-h City. It's pretty cool. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. We were sponsored by Fridge. Get into the fridge. It's there at the corner of that and this. <laughs> <sighs> that was good. Just do that from just, now on. Just over there on the west side of town by my house. There's a bank <laughs> across the street. There's a Taco Bell across another street. You'll find it eventually. Dry cleaners down the street. Dry, my dry cleaners down the street. It's really handy. I can drop off my dry cleaning, stop in and get a fifth of liquor, and uh, hit the Taco Bell. All in one morning. In the morning. In the afternoon, I can go back and I can go to Walgreens and and pick up my mini prescriptions, get Sonic for lunch, and get another fifth of liquor because the first one's gone. Jesus. All at the fridge. (laughs) They're going to leave out the fact that you were driving. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Don't drink and drive. At the corner of Claflin and Westport. That's what I'm doing. Now on. And uh, this segment is brought to you by Wahoo Fire and Ice Grill. And uh, I am going to Wahoo Fire and Ice Grill, I believe, on Friday night. So Look don't at go. You. Don't leave a table for me. So you said don't go? Don't said go. At us? Yeah. yeah. Last, time. last time we talked about the podcast, little did I know I was getting a surprise party. And these guys were in on it. Uh, I can promise you we're not surprising you this time because you haven't done anything since then. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't beat any more cancer since then, Fitz. <laughs> I, I really hadn't done anything at the time. I just finished radiation, which means I stopped laying on a table for 15 minutes a day. It's, I really wasn't doing much there, just laying still. So, I don't know. Anyhow, uh, get into Wahoo. It's really, really, really stinking good food. Man, it's good. I did have it's the good. steak Philly fajitas last time I was there, and I tell you what, I want more. Yeah, they're pretty good. But I'm trying to do this whole, like, not eat total crap all the time thing. I'll eat a little bit of crap, but not all the time. And I'm not saying it's crap at Wahoo, but, like, it's not great for me to eat fajitas every single night of the week. Get into fajitas. They're not crap. (laughs) I don't know. Just go eat the fajitas. They're so good. Fajita night's Thursday night, and they just serve you so many, and it's just unbelievable. It's like, here, have some more. Here we go. Questions from Wabash Station. Uh, we turn our attention to football in segment two. Uh, from Purple Powerhouse, what's been the most noticeable change in the climate in and around Veneer since the regime change? Okay, we have not been in Veneer <laughs> since the coaches started last week. Right? Correct. I mean, we're not, it's not like we're just hanging out there. Hey, guys. What's going on? So, that's exactly how it sounds, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm and it's goofy and veneer. Yeah, it sounds look, like goofy. <laughs> look, I, I'm sure. Anytime you've got something new, there's a new sense of energy going up there. But the guys all got to their job, got to their workplace, got their photos taken, dropped their phones on the sidewalk, and uh, headed out on the recruiting <laughs> trail. So that was funny. Um, yeah, come on, man. Did I wonder if Van Malone had to do push-ups? No, he was saying he did it at the last school. Oh. I thought he said he did it here. No, he said the last school I was at. Oh, okay. Well, then he probably should have done push-ups there. Yeah, maybe. How's that? They, these assistant coaches sometimes change jobs every year or two, and they get a new phone every time with a new phone number. 
Yeah, it's a lot of calling recruits. I think you guys have seen the culture change, actually. I mean, you've seen access to the program. You've seen it a lot more lighthearted, get to know the program you're a fan of. You know, it, this is your program, too. It's not the coach's program. It's not Gene Taylor's program. It's not even just solely Kansas State's program. This is your program, too, and and you have the ability to, to know what's going on. You should have the ability to know what's going on and, and kind of have a, a little bit of an inside look. And I think it's it's pretty free. You know, I I uh, kind of just overheard some, some chatter from, from the basketball SID uh, at the Iowa State game, and he said, Coach Kleiman just lets the football guys do whatever they want. They just go to him and ask for, you know, permission to do X, Y, or Z, and he says... Social media. Yes. So what you mean? Not yeah, football yeah. guys? Okay. Social media, sorry. And he just says, yes, do it. Yeah, that's cool. We can do that, too. They deserve this after the prior administration. Yeah. No. 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 They could be for something and then later say no. So, I I mean, we'll, we'll get a better idea in a month or so when we kind of... Go back. Hopefully, we'll get to to talk to to the defensive staff when it is uh maybe refilled out and then or finished filling out. Do we have a question? Yeah, about we that? have a question about it. Yeah, we'll address it in a minute. You know that, and you're still going there. I was touching on it. It's called a tease. Yeah, that's what you are. From DTO, the run. Who's replacing Monachino if he goes to Da Bears to work with Pagano? Did he write it that way? He wrote Da Bears. That's that's solid. That's gold star. Um, it's a great question. I, I mean, I personally would just put Blake Siler in the position and go hire another defensive coach, whether it's another linebacker or a DN coach. Blake can do either. That's me. Um, but we'll see what they have. I. Maybe Scotty Hazelton at Wyoming comes into to play now. Um, I'd love for him to go down to Stillwater and back a money truck up to Joe Bob Clemens' house, but that's not probably going to happen. I don't know. I I don't think that would be a bad idea. I think um, if they've done anything wrong here, they did keep two K-State guys, but they demoted both of them. Yeah. And I think there's a sense of – you know that uh, this program isn't good enough for what we want, and that if things start going wrong for Clyman, that thing's going to really come to the surface. That feeling, like you know, we didn't need all K Staters, but yeah, you know, the two you kept, you demoted, like they weren't good enough, and they're pretty damn good coaches. I got to be honest, if Blake doesn't get promoted, or at least promoted to co-coordinator of some sort. I'd probably be looking around after next year. Yeah, I'm sure he's getting a contract, but that's a double kick in the yoo-hoos. To, to not get it for a guy that was, A, uh, on on climbing staff one year, knew him for one year at Missouri State, and B, a guy that apparently has no intentions of being around, and that was something that he had planned for, just, I guess it, it wouldn't sit well with me if I was Blake Siler. My gut tells me they're going to promote him. I feel like they're just going to go, okay, I'll just promote him and we'll go get a different position coach for some sort of position. Um, but there is still the chance that Monokino doesn't leave. I mean, it, 
at the end of the day, that was a rumor. That was a report that the Bears might go after him. You know, maybe the Bears offer isn't all that intriguing to him, and and being a college defensive coordinator is is a better plan for him. I don't know. I know I don't think it is, but maybe that's the way he sees it. NFL guys tend to be NFL guys. You know, I I've long said I if I had a college program, I'd go after Raheem Morris. I think he'd be a tremendous college coach. Um, he's been a head coach at the NFL level, but Marcus Watts knows him well. Was his coach while he was here, and he's very clear that Raheem's an NFL guy, and he's not going to leave the NFL. So there you go. I, I just I I don't know. I I think Monacino mispronounces his name, and he's an NFL guy. You got it right though. <laughs> I know. It should be Chino. It should be. Come on, man. Monachino. If you, That's what it, it should be. I don't know. No. Anyhow, I this is the, the, the one hire that I really kind of scratched my head over because I thought they were going to go hire a Tracy Clays, someone who'd really have a little splash to the hire. I thought if you're going to demote Blake, who did a really good job with a beaten and battered defense last year, who runs essentially the exact same defensive schemes that you want to run, who you as a head coach – are in a position to coach him up and be a better defensive coordinator. I mean, that's what I've always said about Bill Snyder is he's the best coach of coaches I've ever saw. And and maybe that, as he progressed through his career, that watered down a little bit. But he was relentless on his assistant coaches with perfection, perfection, perfection. And so many of them went on to become head coaches or were very successful. I feel like Kleiman was in – you know, a perfect situation to coach up Siler. If you don't think he's good enough now, get him there, man. You're a coach. Uh, and he's a very, very intelligent guy. Did a good job with what he had. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this plays out. But if they hired a D coordinator who really has an eye looking for the next NFL gig, they made a big mistake. They need to look for people that Chris Kleiman had that attracted Gene Taylor. They want to be at K-State. If a dude doesn't want to be at K-State, just wants to be here because it's a paycheck and maybe we can get something better after this, I don't want him, man. Let's go get some guys that want to be in Manhattan, Kansas, appreciated what it's about, and want to coach football and can see K-State as a program that can enter the conversation of being a lead again. If you don't believe in that and see that and envision that, dude, go to the Bears, go wherever you need to go, but don't don't. Come get a paycheck here to leave. It bothers me. Props to you for for calling this shot. By the way, yeah, I've I didn't think. I mean, as soon as I saw who they hired, I'm like. Then when all the NFL jobs popped open, I'm like, man, the NFL recycles dudes. He is never going to coach a game here, and I said that to all of my guys. Fitz called it weeks never ago. Never going to coach a game here. Someone is going to come after him. He has a D coordinator, or a position coach, and they have apparently. We'll see if it plays out. Bears. Being the linebacker coach of the Chicago Bears is a pretty meaningful job. That's a pretty classic job. And uh, if you're a football guy, it probably means a little a little something. From I Like Pickles Cat, are we assuming that Mike Tuiasasopo will be the defensive tackles coach? Yeah, Look at Zach. Is. Look at see, Zach. Tuiasasopo is easy to see. Tuiasasopo. Hey, I'm just, but I'm just here to Zach, get it right. Zach was messing with me. The other day, because he he kept telling me to put emphasis on the second so, and so that was throwing me off because he was like, "So, well, I mean, that's what it said. That's what it said in the in the release, right?" But I mean, you still are when you say "sopo." 
It's yeah, just you it's not so so. You were putting a lot of emphasis on it. To ya so 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 po 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 po. Look, uh, he is what he is. He's a guy who's you know kind of worked his way through Pac-12 schools. Uh, has never been regarded as you know an incredible coach. Never been regarded as an incredible recruiter. Although he does pipeline those Samoan D tackles and other positions that you want so badly, offensive linemen. Um, and from my all, all reports, this is what Chris Kleiman wanted. He wanted a foothold into the Samoan family, um, and it is kind of a closed circle. And maybe this will help. Maybe he'll find himself as a coach here. I'm just saying there's a reason why he was three years on the USC staff in a collection of strange jobs, none of them really coaching. And then he ended up at UTEP with a guy, you know, he coached with at Arizona and Dana Demmel. And then he, you know, beat it and got out of there, come back to a Power 5 school. I hope he's a good coach. And I'm going to be really, really honest and harsh right here. He's an upgrade from Mo Lattimore. You can say what you want to about him. He's not a great coach, not a great recruiter. I've had people tell me that. Okay, he's an upgrade. Yeah. He's an upgrade. He's going to be active on the recruiting trail. Maybe not great at recruiting, but he's going to go out there and really get after it. You know, he's going to put in his time. Uh, we'll we'll see how it all happens here, but um, I'm not getting great feedback on him. But then again, I mean, Mo Lattimore's been sleeping through team meetings for 13 years, or team you know, coaching meetings. How is he? Like, I just I don't know. It blows my mind. I don't know. Of all the things that Coach Snyder was so strict about, man. Oh, uh, love Mo. From, yeah, man. Thank you, man. From Power. <laughs> I'm going to be too fits, man. <laughs> Dang from, it. From Powercat Ryan. Which players do you think will see more time or have a breakout season based on the new staff's offensive or defensive changes from 2.0? I feel like the wide receivers got to be taking a step forward right now. Hope so. I mean, <laughs> pretty tough to regress, <laughs> honestly. So. Um, Sebastian Taylor, I think, is in a good position. Yeah. <laughs> got, you know, Malik Knowles. They got some dudes, man. Uh, you know, the one guy that I don't think they understand what they have because there's no film on him is Nick Lenners. They're They're out there frantically shopping for a tight end, and maybe because they want to, and maybe they're worried about Nick's health. But I think he really fits what they want to do offensively if he can stay healthy. I do, too. Um, and the defense, you know, I just think it was so tough to get a, a good read on – for everything we did offensively down in Frisco, you know, analyzed Courtney Messingham. We analyzed the the blocking schemes of Connor Riley and, and the different um, wide receiver uh, thoughts that we could have from Jason Ray. For all of that that we did, we couldn't get a feel on the defense, obviously, because only Joe Klanerman was there. And, and he's not really a headliner as a defense coach. Right. He's, he's going to coach the safeties. So... It's tough to really give a good answer on who's going to take a step forward on defense right now, um, just because we don't. It, when you get so many different minds in there, so many different areas and and different uh, backgrounds, you're going to have to find some sort of common ground. You know, one man's coaching style is not going to prevail over all the others. If Ted Monachino is the the defensive coordinator, that's fine, you can look at his defenses and say that's probably going to be a little bit of what it looks like, but it's not going to be 100% that defense. There's going to be different ideas in there, so it's kind of tough to really give a good educated guess on that defense, and then I think we've kind of outlined all the the thoughts we have on the offense. 
From Colorado Cat, how will the spring game look under Coach Kleiman? Any thoughts about how it will be approached versus uh, Bill Snyder? God, I hope it's more exciting. Please be more exciting. Please be more exciting. Spring games suck. They just suck. I've said it over and over. If it wasn't for our job and the coverage that we provide, spring, spring games are the most archaic, outdated thing ever. They, they were developed to put something out there in a day and age when there wasn't a bunch of TV and a bunch of other stuff. and Just go have 15 practices and call it good. Spring game. I think it's going to be pretty exciting. I I don't have any insight, but I think there's going to be something exciting about this one because I think Chris Kleiman's going to want to fire up the fan base. You know, that's going to be about the time where the newness kind of wears off a little bit, and they're kind of like, okay, well, it's not so much the new staff anymore, the new guys. It's more these are the guys. I guess we'll see what they do in the summer. Are we talking? Do we need a a Ferris wheel? A Ferris wheel. I'm talking like the Goo Goo Dolls. The Goo Goo Dolls and the Ferris wheel. That's it, man. Goo that's Goo it. Dolls are going to come out and they're that's, with their walkers. That's the spring football game. And their 1980s hair. <laughs> 90s hair. What were the Goo Goo Dolls? I don't know. I couldn't sing one song to you. I should text Matt Walters. That's his band. <laughs> Maybe not Carnival, although make fun of it all you want. That was a terrific idea, and it brought fans. Actually, it was a great idea, and I don't think it's a bad idea to do it again. I really It's an don't. event. I personally think, this is just me, they should have a circus, an old school circus with elephants and lions. You crossed the line. And that was so good. We were serious for a minute. <laughs> and then they get loose and they start hunting people. They get loose? Awesome. You know Barnum and Bailey stopped having animals? I know, because they would whip them and treat them like crap. Yeah. You can't have that. It's 2019. There will be some sort of wow factor. I am predicting that. You probably can't even tell a lion it's been bad. It's 2019. <laughs> he was verbally mean to that lion. He said, bad lion. Sorry. I don't know. Steered if, way off there. Yeah. I hope they come up with something. I know this. Uh, we just talked about earlier about how the social media have been unleashed. Now, that is something marketing can be unleashed and come up with some great ideas for spring football. I'm excited. Tony, you're on board. Let's go. You're up on deck. Let's see what you got. From Powercat Ryman, uh, Coach Kleiman went on Seren Petro's show and said, Jimmy's and Joe's are more important than X's and O's. With the coaching staff seemingly recruiting harder than any time in Go Powercat's history, how much of an impact can they have on the class of 2019 with such a short time on the job? Well, number one, he's completely wrong about that. you got to get Jimmy's and Joe's, but there's a lot of teams with Jimmy's and Joe's that suck. You know? Yeah. I yeah, mean, uh, most teams in the SEC have more Jimmys and Joes than teams in the Big Twelve, and they're not good. Isn't it amazing though how K State is hitting the recruiting trail like MFers, and suddenly, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and suddenly K State's one of the best. Rec- suddenly viewed as one of the top recruiting schools in the Big Twelve now that their coaches are actually out on the road. They're actually talking to kids. Who'd have thunk it? Just going to talk to kids and the head coach doing it. I mean, I honestly think that's that's half the battle. Bill, it's so tough to recruit to Manhattan, Kansas. That's why Bill Snyder always had the eighth ranked, ninth ranked recruiting class that's, in the Big Twelve. That's crap. That's complete crap. Refuse to believe that. I said complete it earlier. Crap. Chris always, Beard recruits to Lubbock, Texas. I've always said this: for every kid who wants to be in an urban area, there is a mother or father who wants their child out of an urban area. And a place like Manhattan, Kansas. 
they're out there. It's a beautiful town. It's a wonderful community. And uh, there's some tradition to the football program. It, you can get them here. You can get them here. You just got to go get them now. You got to go got to go do your thing and and sell what you got. I don't know. I uh, I'm, I'm, they're going to get some of those Jimmys and Joes, so to speak. Yeah, really they're going to upgrade. They're, you know, back to that, they're going to upgrade the quality of player. Bill Snyder got lazy with recruiting. He never was fully invested in recruiting. But if you go back to that, that surge there in the 90s, late 90s and 2000s, he was getting some dudes now. They were, there were some good players. And that dropped off. He just didn't seem interested in putting in the time or letting his staff put in the time. That's what I can't put my mind around. His staff wanted to recruit more, and he wouldn't let them. Uh, you know, uh, people feel like we're trashing on Bill Snyder. The, the, talking about facts and reality, if they're unflattering, it's not trashing someone. It's talking about reality. He rarely did in-home visits. And it hurt. He didn't let his team, his coaches recruit at key times because they were focused on the team. And it hurt. He started recruiting almost entirely on quality of character and football was the second thing there. And it hurt. And it was all adding up um, and slowly spiraling downward. Now they're out on the recruiting trail they're getting some dudes they've done a really good job already there's not as much talent in the late period anymore because most guys have signed but they're going out and finding the dudes that are out there and they're going to clean up this recruiting class it's going to be fairly good and i want them to go find another frontline run back running back real quick because they need it last question of the second half from wizard 6294 i think that's a new one wow. yeah, i only had two posts welcome Wait, hold on there's 6,294 wizards on our message board? <laughs> I want to believe that he typed in wizard 0001. Ah, taken. 0002. Ah, taken. <laughs> and got all the way to 6294. I want to think that he put in his ATM pin. <laughs> you don't have the ATM card. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we got half of it. We just need your birthday now. <laughs> wizard, we know where you live. Uh, from uh, he, he asks, how Never much? post again. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> How much or how has this new group of coaches changed their recruiting tactics compared to the last group of coaches under Bill Snyder? Well, uh, you know, I, I think they're just going to be a lot more active, just like we That's talked half about. the they're battle. Just, you know, and I think the biggest thing for the program as a whole is Taylor Bratt was part-time recruiting coordinator, part-time special teams analyst, you know, it, you can't do it that way, man. They're going to have multiple people on hand to oversee recruiting, to evaluate film. You know, that's what those guys do. They they look at things and say, go talk to this kid. Here's the contacts. And they're just going to put a lot more resources in it. And the social media thing is, is killing it. That's just a big part of this generation. If you're not present on social media, you're not in their minds as much. And if you are... They dig it. You're doing cool stuff. They dig it. Got some Alden in uniforms. They dig it. It's all going to be coming. I'm confident of it. I'm 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 very optimistic about recruiting. They're going to go get some Jimmys and Joes. Now are they going to look like Alabama? Hell no. Going to look like Oklahoma? No, no. But 
they can go out and get the kids that Kansas State can get and have gotten in the past. The facilities are better, the town is better, and the program is better established, even though maybe this generation doesn't remember it as much. It's still there. There's still a tradition to it, and their parents know about it. Academics are good at Kansas State. You know, it, it, it's just such a better situation. I feel good about where this program's headed, but it all comes down to X's and O's and winning games. We'll see if they can do it. That's it for the second half of the podcast. The overtime's coming up. I'm sure it's chock full of good stuff. We're brought to you by The Fridge. Another place that's chock full of good stuff. And Wahoo, that makes my belly chock full of good stuff. We'll be right back. The gang will return with more of the Power Camp Podcast. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Auto-correct your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. Back to Fitz on the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Welcome back to the Power Camp Podcast. As we head into the overtime period, if you're new to the podcast, this is how it works. For first half and second half, all serious stuff. And then the overtime's extra stuff, like fun questions, maybe some questions that didn't fit into the first two halves. Um, but it, it literally is, uh, if you don't like nonsense, and then you can just turn off uh, the podcast. If you do like nonsense, we're here to be stupid for you. But it's not total nonsense. I mean, we, we talk some serious things from time exactly. to time. We just, just don't talk so much K-State sports. It's just here. stuff. It's stuff we had left over, fun questions, interesting questions that we wanted to put in, but they didn't fit into the more regimented first two halves. And it's still sponsored by The Fridge. It's not like they sponsor two segments and say, hey, why don't you go get the zoo for the third segment because you guys suck. They like this segment too, and you should like the fridge. And you should also like the high-low. I'm so overdue for the high-low. Oh, oh. I'm so overdue because with my situation, I don't really drink anymore. I very rarely drink, and I just, I don't, so I don't go, I don't do things. I'm boring. I got old. See. All right, it's fine that yeah. you haven't been to the high-low in a while yeah. because um, I ate enough high-low for our entire staff for a while. Oh, weird. So my older brother that I live with, he is doing a weight loss challenge at work. Well, how does this weight loss work? Just hear me out. Okay. So it's like... Oh, he's trying to put on weight. They were bulking up before the weigh-in. And so he's like, I got to get my last meal. Essentially, I'm going to the to the execution chair 
and I'm having my last meal. So he called in the Hilo. Guys, he goes, what do you what do you want? And I'm like, I don't know, pepperoni bricks. I love the pepperoni bricks. He's like, great. So I see him typing in on, he gets Wildcat to go or whatever. He's typing it in. Shows up at our house. Holy crap. We got a full-size meat pizza. We got pepperoni bricks. We got wings. And then we got the breadsticks with the, the, is it, I think it's like goat cheese or something like that. I think it was the dip or, or maybe, I forget what it was. Anyways, maybe I'm making something up there. We had so much food. And it was awful for me, but it was so good. I'm so turned on right now. So we ate that. So you don't have, I mean, you can go to the Hilo Fits. They'd probably love to see you. I'm just saying I've eaten enough for the both of us for about a month. I will say the wings. That was the first time I had their wings. Pretty good. Delicious. Yeah, okay. Get to the Hilo. It's right there in Aggieville. Uh, all of our sponsors are in Aggieville, except for the fridge, which supplies the alcohol for most of Al- for most of Aggieville. For most of Alcoholville. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Freudian slip. Here we go. Here's the overtime. Zach Carlson. From Old Fella, what would you point to as the biggest difference between Gene <laughs> John Curry and Gene Taylor's management styles? Complete. John Curry's a micromanager. Almost uh, like to screw with his employees, like constantly find fault, constantly want them to do something different just to annoy him. It was a very strange, insecure style. And Gene Taylor's like, do your job. Just do it. Go do your job. Kind of, He's more like my style, to be honest. My style, I, you know, you know what you got to do, go do it, and you guys do it. I think, for me, I've said it a lot, is I feel like I'm talking to just a normal dude when I talk to Gene Taylor. He seems personable. He seems he's like he's giving you real candid answers. Whereas John Curry, uh, he was a very intelligent man, but it seemed like you're talking to a politician every time you talk mm-hmm. to him. He was giving you the company line, the line you he wanted you to hear. And I get it. He's trying to save face all he can, but I feel like we get real answers with Gene Taylor. And, you know, I, well, I, like he got asked about the football team a lot. And, and then obviously the basketball team, the slow start. And he wasn't giving the the easy answer. You know, he said, we want, you know, obviously we want more success out of these teams. We want to win more games. But, you know, and then he would kind of give that company answer. But you never got that out of John Curry. And that's what I like about Gene Taylor. The biggest difference for me is you could be talking to John Curry, maybe in a small group, um, and he'd be involved and then the conversation turned to someone else, and you would turn around and you'd go, where'd John go? He just left. I mean, like, didn't say a word to anyone, and just, I think he could just disappear. And you'd literally vanish. And Gene, you know, Gene will grab you your arm and say, hey, I got to run, man. Good talk to you. It was just a very strange personality quirk. This question is not worded how I would word it. Okay, word it. from Riley. From you? From me. I asked a question. And I will be speaking uninterrupted before Riley talks, or I will just not talk the rest of the podcast. Um, I'm confused by this. So we had a heated discussion on our way back from Ames on Sunday. and this Did it melt the roads? It was heated. Might as well have. He asks the question, and there needs more context to this, but he says, is what Gary Patterson and what he has done at TCU equal to what Bill Snyder did at Kansas State? And this started 
We're talking about statues. Gary Patterson has a statue okay, at yeah, TCU, yeah. and Bill Snyder has a statue, obviously, at K-State. The argument was is that Gary Patterson has not done enough at TCU to deserve a statue like Bill Snyder has at Kansas State. And I said, no, Gary Patterson took you know a TCU team, turned them into a very good Mountain, Mountain West team, won the championship you know, multiple years, won a Rose Bowl. He, yeah, that's crazy. And the reason that TCU is in the Big 12 it's is because Patterson. of him. Now, do you want to call that equal? Is it comparable to Bill Snyder? Maybe. You but, did. You did, though. Okay, so here's the but thing. You did call it equal. Um, I, I look at – go ahead. Do you want to – Yeah, but came down to statues and who deserved one. And Riley made it sound like Gary Patterson has not done enough at TCU – to earn a statue because Bill Snyder did more at Kansas State to earn his statue. Correct me if I am wrong. Did you or did you not say what Gary Patterson has done at TCU is equal to or maybe better than what Bill Snyder did at Kansas he State? He elevated a mid-major program to a power five level. We're also talking about a man in Zach Carlson that does not believe John Weefald and others when they say Kansas State was about to lose its football program. They were. I I think that K State would have been fine. What if Bill Snyder didn't work out? They get another guy. No, no, no. <laughs> it was that bad, Zach. It was that bad. Look, Whatever. I think what Gary Patterson has done is remarkable. He's won a hell of a lot of games. Now, another argument I had is I don't think an active coach should have a statue. That's weird to me. It's very weird. It was weird to me that Bill Snyder got one during his tenure. I mean, I think it should have waited until he was retired. You evaluate the career as a whole, and then you honor him with that. Because for years, the argument was, oh, Bill Snyder, you can't fire a man with a statue in front of the stadium. Okay, well, now we get that. I think, like I said, Gary Patterson is a terrific coach. And your point about him them being in the Big 12, yeah, that's probably right. However, to, to equate what TCU has done under Gary Patterson to what Bill Snyder built at Kansas State, is absurd. It is not even close to the same thing. Not okay. one bit. Let me, let me split this baby in half. I think statues are kind of like Hall of Fames. They're up to you, man. It's your thing. And if they want to build a statue for Gary Patterson, if they want to build a statue for Jamie Dixon, hey, man, go for it. It's your, it's your baby. It's your school. You can do what you want. Now, while what I... I believe Gary Patterson's done at TCU is very significant. He's exactly right. I mean, that school would still be in the Mountain West without him. I mean, he took that program. They were almost a better program in the Mountain West than they have been in the Big 12. I mean, in terms of, you know. Consistency. I, yeah, this team isn't beaten, isn't winning a Rose Bowl. They were playing Mountain West opponents. They beat Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. Fair, but do we think if you took UCF and put them in the Big 12, they would Go undefeated? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I get that. Um, but he did elevate and change the entire school. However, TCU was always regarded as a good place to go to school. It, it was. I mean, it's kind of the foo foo school of, of Texas. You know, the rich kids go there, yeah. and they Bad did SMU. They did then, and they do now. K State as a whole was in trouble because. You know, it wasn't just football, but football was a complete embarrassment and disgrace, and it drugged down the whole university. So I would put Bill Snyder's accomplishments above Gary Patterson, but 
if they want to build a damn statue for Gary Patterson, you know, and he's holding a frog and kissing it, that's fine with me, man. They can do whatever they want. They're, they're, yeah. Robert Griffin the Third. Weird or normal? It's absolutely fine. It's weird. He won a Heisman. He won a Heisman. You telling me Colin Klein would have one if he'd have won that year? I think he would. If yeah. We ever had Heisman winner. Yes. Kyler Murray's gonna have a statue. Yeah. Right That's next to absurd. Baker, right next to Baker Mayfield. Oh, I don't. Oh. Yeah. Next to all of their Heisman yeah. winners because yeah. they get trophy, <laughs> they get statues. Yeah, Heisman winner. That is a big sales pitch for recruits. Absolutely. I guess to me, statues are statues are are incredibly significant because you don't take statues down unless a Joe Paterno happens, right? By the way, can we get that statue for our office? I think that'd be kind of cool. The Joe, Joe Paterno? Yeah, no, just... no, it's it's gone. They smashed it. No, I'm pretty sure they smashed. No, I think it. it's in storage. It's in storage. I don't want that anywhere near here. Yeah, I'll vandalize it. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, I think a statue. You hate the elderly. Is... <laughs> I don't hate you. Ooh. Look, the statue means that you can't ever take it down, right? And I think that that means you have an incredibly significant impact on your university. I don't believe Robert Griffin III had an incredibly significant impact on Baylor. I think it was more Art Bryles than Robert Griffin. What a Heisman, man. I, so what? So eh, what? Eh, whatever. The, Heisman, Heisman, the Heisman's I, not the greatest award in college sports. You know, whatever. It, just, it's just a trophy. I don't I, Look, I think the Heisman has honestly kind of gone down in the oh, last five years. Oh, I don't disagree with you, but it's still, if you're at university and you're trying to sell yourself to recruits, you build a damn statue of your Heisman winner. Look, young man, you can come here and win a Heisman. I think if you built, let's say K-State K had built a, Colin Klein won the Heisman, they built him a statue. I don't think you can justify having a Colin Klein statue and not a Michael Bishop statue. Michael didn't win a Heisman. But he should have. If Colin Klein had won a Heisman, he would probably have been regarded as the greatest quarterback. By that argument, Colin Klein didn't win the Heisman, but he should have. So he should have a, they should both have statues by that argument. Well, Michael <laughs> should have. I mean, he just he lost out. That's that for me is when the Heisman was going downhill when they gave it on a career achievement award. Getting back to what our what I initially asked in my question mm -hmm. to compare Gary Patterson's accomplishments at TCU to Bill Snyder's here is absurd. And I have one response to you that will not do well on a podcast. <laughs> this is the he frog. did the TCU frog. Bra rah, TCU. So weird. Now it, we got heated on the now. Line, huh? You guys do get heated. You guys remind me so much of Brett Regan and, and Ryan Wallace, <laughs> how they would go at it about stuff. Uh, I will say this. I think we can all agree on two things. One, TCU should, should have a statue of the showgirls. Yeah. And two, I should have a statue of me eating Whataburger. <laughs> where where are, these, are these statues together and they are part of one piece? No. No? Those girls would never be seen with me. <laughs> The statues would somehow get up and leave. They were next to me. Just me eating Whataburger. From Wildcat Wabash. I'm is, not talking oh, about you're that. Not ta you're not done talking. <laughs> From Wildcat Wabash. Is the biggest win of Snyder 2.0 actually the facilities that Curry built against Snyder's wishes? It's hard to imagine us going through this 
this uh, past coaching search with those old facilities. Yeah, you know, I don't even know if you get Chris Kleiman with those old facilities. No, you don't. You, you, you're in big trouble if, if Bill had had his way. He just didn't want to change anything. He just didn't want to change a thing. That's where I'm glad that K-State had that bullheaded John Curry, you know? Oh, he certainly served some purposes. There's no doubt about it. He could have gone about a lot of things much differently, and um, his inability to manage people and understand people ended up costing him his career. But yeah, um, yeah, he did. Those facilities had to be built, and he was willing to say, "No, coaching legend, you are wrong. We're going to do this. You can either retire or or come along and, and do this with us." Now. John wouldn't have been able to go out and raise the money without Bill Snyder's presence. It's just kind of a. It, I'll also add in maybe the Big Twelve Championship doesn't make that possible, so you got to kind of throw that into the two yeah. discussion. Yeah, you're in a strong time of K State football. You're getting the money easy, but they were probably going to get the money regardless. They're still getting money. Sheesh. They they can still build stuff. They're getting ready to ramp it up. I don't want you to build that practice facility and indoor facility where you've got it setting. No, no, no. Don't look, spend $80 million on a dump that's 30 years old. Look, Fitz, I know that you and I, based on our Twitter mentions, feel like K-State fans listen to us a lot, and maybe we have some sort of presence at Kansas State Athletics, but um, they don't care what we think. We've been telling them to blow up Bramlage for 10 years. I don't want to blow it up. I just want to I repurpose do. it. Oh, I want to blow it up. I just want that if they're going to start excavating out of Bramlage, then carve it out and make it indoor track, fair or, or something else. Just build. Tear down I also the, want them to knock down a Hearn, but I know that's not going to happen. Build a new practice facility, make a six thousand seat temporary arena inside, tear down Bramlage, rebuild the arena right where Bramlage is. Done. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. It works. Build a new arena where Hearn was. Knock it down. Build it there. No, you got to keep it out there now. Why? Because every, it's it's you want to have it there. At the end of the day, it was a building where some good. It's going to be interesting right? what they do with Ahern if they have the balls on this campus to tear it down. I don't think they do because they're going to treat it. Uh, look, I'm going to make a lot of people mad probably with this comment. They're going to treat it like a national landmark, and I get it. It's historic. A lot of fun happened there, but at the end of the day, it housed a good basketball team. Okay, uh, that's what it was. This is a this is really a generational thing here. He doesn't understand the context of football, and you don't understand. Oh, the I understand. No, 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 no. Those are two it. different things. I understand it. I will make the argument that they were going to drop it. That you, it's oversold. The the futility, so to speak, was oversold. First off, oh, his no. page is way off the mark with that. We're arguing two different I'm things. Not saying it's not bad. It wasn't bad. I though. fully understand everything that happened in Ahern. I get it. But what does an old building? serve you if you're not going to use it well i i would hope somehow they like keep it as a monument i mean not the whole building maybe you an exterior wall if it can stand by itself i don't know it was it was an incredible structure imagine building that in the late 1940s something of that size. yeah that's so, fair i just should have never left Hernfield House. I'd like to apologize to everyone out there for my generation voting to build Bramlage because we were told it was going to be a completely different building than what they built. 
I'm still bitter about it. They completely lied to the student body to build Bramus Coliseum. I just think if a Hearn's going to be there, it needs to serve a purpose. And right now, the only purpose it serves is for older people to go walk around the track. Yeah, it's it's. I agree. I I agree. From Purple Poncho via Cliff Kingsbury goes to Arizona. Buy or sell? Sell. Sell. I, well, unless he gets a damn good defensive coordinator. But the problem is, is the way he plays offense, you can't have a damn good defense coordinator. He and and you see this a little bit with Bob Sutton at the Chiefs. These offenses that score so quickly. It's hard on a defense. You're never going to be a great defense when you're on and off the field so so quickly. It, uh, and I just think Cliff Cliff makes stupid decisions that puts his defense in bad positions. Arizona's problem is they don't have anything. They got nothing. Josh Rosen. Oh, they should God. trade Josh Rosen. Matt get a McCrane draft pick. when he gets picked up week to week. Trade Josh Rosen. Get a draft pick. Draft Kyler Murray. Cliff said he wanted him. Cliff said if he had the first pick in the draft, you would take him. Cliff's got the first pick in the draft. Well, he certainly – I don't know. What's interesting is is Cliff has never shown that he can use a running quarterback. He's always had more pocket passers. I mean, guys that could move a little bit, but you, you didn't think of them forever having a running quarterback. Um, also from Purple Poncho via Lincoln Riley making Jalen Hurts the next Heisman quarterback for OU buy or sell. I'm buying that Jalen Hurts will be at Oklahoma. I don't think he's going to win the Heisman because I think Tua Tunga Viola had a case to win the Heisman this year. He can't say Tua Yasasopo, but he can say that. I heard Tunga Viola a million times on ESPN in one night. You're going to look, he had a case to win the Heisman this year. But Kyler Murray obviously turned it on late. Now with Kyler Murray out of the picture, I think it's going to be rather easy for Tua to come in and win it because Alabama is going to be Alabama again. Nah. I think, what do you mean, nah? Nah, I don't think no. Jalen Hurts is good enough to win a Heisman. I, think he's, I don't think Alabama is going to be as good. I, I don't either. Off. I don't either. I, I, I think what? we saw an erosion this year that really got exposed. Didn't we say this two years ago when Clemson won? Come well, on now. They've won the national championship two out of the last three years. Sounds like Bama's won it two out of the last four. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, longer. They just, I mean, they, <laughs> they lost their top six defensive backs that showed up in the postseason. I, th- I, I don't know. I, I think I, you guys are underestimating I, I think, the no, I'm not. We're not saying they're going to be six and six. We're just saying Clemson's going to be the team to beat now. Yeah, that, that Alabama being the standard bearer may not. Clemson might be there. I'll ride with the greatest college football coach of all time. Bill Snyder. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> From uh, surprisingly, I like Pickles Cat. Riley, uh, you have been a defender of Mitty. Is that getting any harder? Um. Well, I mean, I guess I should clear clear it up. But the only reason I've defended Jeff Mitty is because I think it – I mean, it's the same way that I've defended other coaches. I don't think – I feel like I'm pretty fairly critical of coaches – um, that don't do their jobs at times, that fail at times. And before this point in the women's basketball season, I don't think Jeff Mitty's quote-unquote failed. Yeah, they're they're in a rough patch right now, and he's got to figure it out. I mean, you can't keep losing games and keep your job, obviously, and um, they're struggling right now. And, look, I think he's a really good coach, and I think he's probably what K-State needs, but – you can't just make that case when the losses keep rolling in. So, you know, 
it's only going to get tough for me to defend Jeff Mitty if if he struggles to do his job. Which, but I w- I would say it's not going to get tough for me because I think that I'm fairly critical of everybody when they they don't do their job at, at the right uh, success rate. I I don't care. I that I know that sounds harsh. I know the politically correct people are going to be oh, you fit the sexist. I don't care. These sports don't move the needle for me. They they don't move the needle for the fan base. And I'll care when they do move the needle, which was women's basketball for a brief time, was baseball for a little hiccup of a time. And when when those programs and volleyball start moving the needle and packing the stands, then I'll care. Then I'll invest the emotion and thought into whether a coach should be fired. I had a real an AD that I respect tremendously tell me a long time ago, you do not buy out an Olympic sport coach's contract. They don't make you enough revenue to go in debt to go get a new coach that might make you lose less money. And that's where I'm at. You look at you, you look at the, the now, buyout numbers. Yeah, the buyout numbers are ridiculous because John Curry gave his guy a contract. And that's another thing that's got to stop in athletics. I hired you, so here's a new contract. Shane Zinger got a new contract. I hired you, the president said. Here's a new contract. I'm retiring. This nonsense has got to stop. That's an irresponsible business practice. And too many people in athletics and, and academics don't look at it as they're managing a business. They're playing with a pile of money. And maybe the pile's not as big as they want, but in athletics, the pile's getting pretty big. Now I'll argue with you a little bit is that, and that I think that contract extension for Mitty was 50-50, my guy, like you said, mm-hmm. and 50%. They just went to the second round of the NCAA tournament and were, I think, eight points or so away from going to Sweet 16. They were 10 and 8 or 11 and 7. I mean, they had a really good year. Kind of like what Bruce Weber got, you know, a contract extension there. Then what the hell was his first contract for? I agree. That's what you're paid to do, man. If you do something above and beyond what we would expect from the program, you make a Final Four run. I get it. You're getting recruits that we've never gotten before, and boom, you're consistently in the top 16. I get it. But it's if you hire a new coach, you expect them to be a top 32 program. You're doing your job. Here's a new contract. You've done your job exactly how I expected to do it. That's fair. Here's a raise. Stop. That's how you, not how you run a business. From I Like Pickles Cat, if you had to pick one thing from five fast food restaurants to create the best oh buffet, God. what would be included? Oh, man. Oh, my, I, what? This, here's my uh, I mean, I pizza wish, ranch. <laughs> Jeez. I'm kidding. Zach treats pizza, land, pizza ranch. Goodness. Like, we treat Whataburger. I don't. No, he doesn't. It's just, it's just convenient and... There's a variety of things. I would argue it's one of the least convenient things we can go get. Uh, <laughs> Look at all the fast food restaurants we passed on the way there today. Yeah, but we have communion together at Pizza Ranch. We all sit down. You realize that you can show up to Pizza Ranch, pay, and one minute later, you're eating. Yeah. You know, That's don't convenient. Have to, don't even have to be one minute later. You can just swing by the buffet on the way to your t- and be eating as you go sit down. That's fair. I'm sure people do it. Uh, okay, back to the question. Now, are you, here's my I, question. Are you getting five foods and assuming you have water to give them? Is the drink one of the five things? I, I'm, I don't – I can't do this one. Seriously. I mean, what you am I going to answer? 
What I'm going to eat a, a triple with triple cheese from Whataburger. And then I'm going to eat a patty melt from Whataburger. <laughs> and then I'm going to eat a triple with triple cheese from Whataburger. Uh, you know, Throw on the honey barbecue chicken I'm not a shake guy. I'm not a fries guy. Um, I'm, I'm not really, a, I'd probably, maybe some Popeye's spicy chicken. If they don't overspice it and the kill me. The third best chicken in town? Uh, no. I don't know. I, I'm just, I, I don't feel equipped to answer this. When I go, maybe, you know, a deluxe chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A. Interesting. I'm not. Going with a Whataburger meal of some sort, whether it's, you know, a burger, a patty melt, whatever. Actually, I'd probably have both of them. I'd probably have a cheeseburger and, and then a patty melt would be two items. I, I think I, I would have both of those items. On because I think it's, it's more than fair. And they're different. Um, I'd throw some some Taco Bell loaded grillers or loaded burritos with a little, you know, nice little quote-unquote snack in there. I think I'd throw... Uh, Chick-fil-A waffle fries in there. Yeah, those are pretty good. For a non-fry guy, those are pretty good. I'm trying to think what the best fry is. I mean, I eat fries. Chick-fil-A but waffle fries. It's just not like, I'm not like, oh, those fries were incredible. They and Sonic mozzarella sticks. Hmm, good call. Yeah. And you can drink a water because a, you don't need any fatty drinks after Blizzard? that. You don't need any more fat after all this fat I just how gave you. How about a you. DQ Blizzard? Eh. Okay. I mean, it's fine. I'm going to go Taco Cabana Steak Taco. Okay, that's uh, yeah, that's good. Um, Chick-fil-A Chicken Sandwich. Yep, yep. Baskin-Robbins Cookies and Cream Ice Cream. Hmm. It's like a test. It's tough because, like, you need a fry, but, like, I don't want to say Chick-fil-A because I've already said Chick-fil-A you, once. You need a side of some sort. No, you don't. Raisin canes. Put put raisin no, canes. No, they don't deserve. They don't deserve. Zach it. has a weird dislike for crinkle cut fries. Yeah, if it's crinkle cut, I don't want it. It's just, you could I'll eat them, but like it's not. You could literally it's, take it's the, the same, worst cut, the same fry that Chick Fil A serves, and put it in crinkle cut. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't eat it. What else you got? Mm. Spending too much time on this. I'd go Spangles fries. I like Spangles fries. Oh, that's out of left field. I don't even know what Spangles yeah. fries like. Okay. I don't know what the last Let's one move would on. be. That was an interesting question. Uh, That's tough. Last question is from Powercat Ryan. Chiefs, Patriots, who you got? Chiefs. Chiefs. <sighs> I Chiefs. Look, for me, Chiefs. My for, heart says Chiefs. My wallet says Patriots. My wallet says. <laughs> yeah, if it's at three and a half for the Chiefs, that's a pretty good bet because if the Chiefs won it, win, it might just be really close. Oh, I was game. talking about going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, Zach won, Zach's debating going to the Super Bowl if the Chiefs win. Um, look, I looked at tickets and I'm like, eh, I need to come down a little bit. Hey, have, right. Honestly, if it wasn't Atlanta, I I would think about it too. But it's Atlanta, man. And Tom's Atlanta. We were just there, man. It's not that great a place. It's a brand new stadium. Well, I know that, it's but the, Atlanta is a It's the whole. cheapest concessions in the world. Atlanta as a whole, well, you're not going to the game, are you? How much money are you going to spend on a ticket? Ooh, it was a little. Yeah. I, I said in my head I'd spend X amount, and it's not that amount. Look, if the game <laughs> was still in. still stupid. If, if the game was in New Orleans, the game was even in, like, Dallas. Um, if the game, I don't even know about that because the stadium's in. BFE. In Arlington? 
Yeah, just yeah, it's just it's out there. I mean, so you're just going somewhere so you can have a fun experience outside of the game. Mm-hmm. So then you're going to spend more money. I mean, I don't now. have the money to spend on the game. I think it's absurd to go to the city that the Super Bowl is being played in on the day of the Super Bowl and not go to the game because your hotels, your flights, everything is going to be outrageous. I'm, I'm with you. I understand yeah. it, but there's something about the idea of being on the ground to celebrate the win, even if you weren't inside the stadium. Fair enough. Look, sorry to say this, guys, but when I when I analyze this this game, this situation, for me, it's like the Big 12 basketball race. Until they don't do it, until somebody dethrones them, the Patriots. I can't pick against New England and Tom Brady. What what happens when they have the Super Bowl in Las Vegas? How many people go to that just to be there? A lot, I mean, but not as. I mean, obviously more than anywhere else. But I just I couldn't go to a city and not go to the game. I mean, that was kind of like my thing with like the World Series for the Royals. I wanted to go to a game. Everyone's talking about oh, I want to go to the affordable. Fir- I mean, well, it, yeah. It, I mean, but it got pricey. But but the Super Bowl, we're talking right thousands, That's thousands of dollars. If I'm paying nine hundred dollars to fly to Atlanta, and then. Two to three hundred dollars a night for a hotel room, and I'm not going to the game. I'm taking that money and I'm going to buy all the food and drink and a brand new TV, and I'm going to throw a damn fun yeah. Super Bowl. No, you take it straight to the casino and you let it ride until you do have enough money <laughs> to go to the Super yeah, Bowl. I, I get you. I, I, you know, but I don't know. I just, I, my thing is, being in this profession, I don't get to be a fan very often. So the Chiefs and Royals are kind of it for me because we don't cover them. We're not covering professional sports at all. So I get to invest all that energy in it. You know, most Chiefs fans have, uh, have Missouri or Kansas or Kansas State or Nebraska to go with it. But for me, it's just it. So, yeah. Sorry. I, also, I, hope, I hope the Chiefs win, but. I don't see it. At the same time, yes, it's a lot of money, but it's like literally a once in a lifetime Could be. thing, you know? You never know when the Chiefs are going to be back in the Super Bowl. Every year with Patrick Mahomes. Every stinking yeah. year. Look, if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl this year with this defense and a, essentially a rookie quarterback, I don't see why they can't make yeah, it two or three more times. They're going to be they're going to be locking down the offensive talent and, and they'll fire them more on Bob Sutton. Yeah. Just kidding, they won't fire him after that last game. Hmm. Is that it? Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Go Chiefs. That's it for the Powercat Podcast. We uh, appreciate you listening. We're sorry that we talked so long about statues and fast food products. I got a little wordy. That's fun. Wordy. Nobody yeah. likes a non-debate. Uh, we'll be talk. back next week with a whole new podcast after probably, oh, I don't know when we're going to do the podcast next week. Uh, oh, We're having a little staff retreat. Maybe a Monday, perhaps. We will see. We're not going to promise anything. A little staff retreat on uh, Wednesday of next week. Because the game's on Tuesday. Going to get out of town and go talk about some stuff. Mostly talk about Zach behind his back. But But I'm going to be there. That complicates things. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.